We're vibing on the same groove. Hello, Jordan. Hello. That's Michelle. a song of worship. That's a song of worship. Hello, Jordi. Where did you hear that? Well, I'm just channeling our themes today. Oh, worship. Oh, we wanted to talk about... What did you What did you think I said? Uh, no, you said worship. I knew that. Not warship. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> Why do you look so confused? <laughs> That's just my face. That's just how my face looks, Mish. How are you today? Listen, let's just touch base with each other. It's been a little while. How are you, darling? I'm cold. Oh, Where why? the fuck is summer? Where's it gone? We've got the same shit here, different country. Yeah, it's raining. Rain. This is meant to be peak summer right now. It's fucking terrible. Yeah, anyway. no, it's the same here. So, I'm wearing tracky D's. Um, but, you know, where we used to live in Australia, the summers, they've just been getting hotter and hotter, haven't they, Michelle? But have they? Because every time I seem to go back in the summer, my sister says... Oh, we didn't have summer this year and I miss out on all the good weather. So When we were there last time, it was it was nice, wasn't it? Last time we went there. Yeah, we had some ups and downs, but yeah. I don't recall the ups and downs. I had a beautiful summer wardrobe. I wore it every day. I even went, I went swimming in the swimming pool and the beach almost daily. I remember it being lovely and not too hot. Because the following year, which was 2019, that was a stinker. That was actually known, Michelle, as the Black Summer. That was the year that the bushfires. my part of Australia went up in flames. So the southeast coast of New South Wales from, yeah. I believe it was, I can't remember the name of the forest, Mogondora or somewhere like that. I can't remember. But it was all the way down to uh, Victoria, Victorian borders, I believe. So that's a lot of area to cover but whole towns were wiped out it was shocking and I remember calling my parents who live right at the epicenter of the whole thing in (laughs) at the time they were living in a place called Long Beach which is in New South Wales near to just outside of the town of Batemans Bay where I grew up and they were pretty cash about the whole thing if you ask me and I was watching it on the news freaking out I was seeing it on Facebook people having to hose their houses down running for their lives and at one point at 3 a.m I think I logged into the local fire brigade at the Long Beach fire like shack where they were holding a meeting with the townsfolk. <laughs> I recognised their neighbours. They're all putting up their hands and asking questions. The fire service was really in control, really handy, saying, listen, if you think you can stay and fight. And when they say stay and fight, they mean prepare your house, get the hoses out, bring your bins in, you know, don't leave anything of any flammable material outside your house. I mean, this is something that I'm just not used to. We didn't, we experienced a couple of bushfires when I was growing up, but when I left in 1989 or, yeah, it, it wasn't like that really. I never, and where I come from in Australia is quite temperate. Mm. Not anymore. That was disgusting. You know, it claimed 479 lives, Michelle, and... Three and a half thousand homes were lost. I'm surprised it wasn't more because obviously the whole world knows about this. It was huge and I thought it would have been more. It was catastrophic. You know, the whole world who never had thought about Australia and bushfires suddenly were sending Mm. money and seeing all that wildlife go up in flames. I know it's the wildlife, isn't it? When you see Mm. those lovely koalas and kangaroos and all the others just perishing. 
It's awful. Oh, well, at least they weren't killed by a murderer. That's right. Now, listen, last week's episode was a little bit rough, wasn't it? It was rough, honestly. It was a rough ride. I had to give the queen a cuddle afterwards and say, I don't know who owns you, but I love you. (laughs) I would just be terrified for her if there was a murderer on the loose. Well, I did used to lie awake at night when I had cats, fearing for them if they weren't in. The, The smallest noise I'd hear. Well, Jen fears for Rexy. I mean... Mum's moved into a new place. She's got an ornamental pear tree with thorns on it. And she spoke to me the other day. Oh, I worry for Rexy. She runs up there. What if she gets a thorn in the eye? Yes. Good point, Jen. This is the life of cat owners. They just, they're worried. Exactly. Anyway, I hope we didn't traumatise anyone too much with last week's ep. I'm hoping so too. So apologies if that's the case. Do we have any other apologies? I just wanted to say that I did actually say that Peter put up the, was it Peter? I said twice that uh, raised the the award. No, the award. Raised the award from five to ten grand. It was the RSPCA. Reward. It was the RSPCA. Ah, yes. Okay. And there was a lot of um, mispronunciation of words, which I said, I said episode. (laughs) <laughs> instead of an episode yeah. I said all sorts but you know what guys it's because we're so excited when we're trying to relay these stories to you as you're eavesdropping you know we get too excited sometimes we say the words wrong don't we Michelle well I'm still waiting for clarification from our ticket on what did you say gamut or something oh gamut gamut, <laughs> gamut. no you said gam- you I think you're right gamut I said the gamut okay. gamut well gamut Oh, no, I thought you said gamut. No No one said, if you're from Australia, no one says mut, unless you're... It's very rude. Apologies from me, apologies to you. Why do I always sound so Australian? Are we going to say anything about the fact that you and I had a spooky experience whilst recording the episode last week when we both were thinking the same name of a pig at the same time. You plucked it out of the air. I was thinking of an actual pig called Sparky. You just were, you know, grasping at names for a pig. And you said Sparky, just as I was thinking, oh, yeah, there's that pig Sparky. And you just said a pig. Say it's named Sparky. We had a moment, didn't we? We did. We did. Honestly, I, if I think about things like that too much, I get scared. But I'm actually not surprised in many ways as well because, you know, we are like, on the same wavelength. vibe, wavelength, you know, we're, we're vibing on the same groove. It's What? Yeah. <laughs> vibing on the same groove. What? Except I would never say <laughs> such a thing, Michelle. I'm not hip and cool enough. Oh, I think you'll find anyone who's hip and cool is not saying vibing <laughs> on the same groove. <laughs> well, listen, Michelle... I find myself, like I said before, I find myself really wishing that I could go back to Australia, but unfortunately, like just for a holiday. But right now, it's just not okay to do that. They're not allowing us in. They're not allowing the Aussies out. Exactly. I guess they think that's what's keeping their numbers down. I don't know the numbers of COVID cases. I don't know. Well, put it this way. If you look at the world cases of, of COVID, Australia is a thin red line of basically zero. And yet they have the strongest lockdown possible. They are curtailing people's rights and freedom of movement. It's absolutely horrific what is going on there because it's cases. People aren't dying. So, you know, it's crazy the way that they are creating 
massive mental health problems for mm. the community, all for you know, all for COVID, which is actually less than the flu right now. So right. it's ridiculous. I feel sorry for everybody in Australia, for industry, for mental health, for ev- anybody like us who is trying to go back to see family who cannot go. They've fucked up the rollout. They've fucked up their response to it. Australia, sort your shit out. Oh, my God. Now, do you think this has got anything to do with their current Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, a.k.a. ScoMo, as they call him, or Scotty from marketing? Because apparently Scott Morrison (laughs) used to work for the Australian Tourism Board and he is the one responsible for the tagline, where the bloody hell are you? I've never even heard that tagline. What's that in reference to? Well, it was an it was an English ad, or, or maybe it was worldwide. I don't know. But having seen it in the UK, there was a it was an ad for Australia. Come on over. Obviously, they don't want that right now. But there was you know booby girls running down the beach, people eating prawns. Not Paul Hogan. No shrimps on Barbies. But they, if there were a shrimp on, I mean, I can't remember. Lots of beaches, horsebacks, the Red Centre, all of that. What? Mm. Beers. Beers. I don't know if they showed the beers, but at the end there was this girl with a, I don't know, scuba outfit or a little, you know, bikini on going, Australia, where the bloody hell are you? And that was Scotty Morrison, Scotty from marketing, they called him. Scotty from marketing. I liked Karen from finance better than Scotty from (laughs) I love Karen from finance. I wonder if they worked together. Oh, they probably did, along with Debbie from reception. And I wonder if he ever, if ScoMo ever had Karen from finance sitting upon his knee taking dictation. <laughs> <laughs> dictation. Oh my dictation. god! Take a dictation, Karen. <laughs> and it, and for anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, RuPaul Down Under. She was a contestant. She's a she's a drag queen, Karen from yeah. from Karen from finance. And she looks. Do you know what I thought she looked like? Um, Dustin Hoffman in Tootsie. Oh, I thought she was <laughs> prettier than that. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> Karen from finance. So going back to Scotty from marketing, he became prime minister when we were there, 2018, 2019. I think mm. he was in the government somehow doing something. He was in the marketing department of the government. And he was propelled to the top job. And I can't remember why, Michelle. Do you remember how that happened? No, no. Because I try to turn a blind eye to Australian politics because it has just been a disappointing ride since Paul Keating left, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, yeah. Do you remember Paul Keating? My nana was appalled because she said... Because obviously we had Bob Hawke before then and, and he's a real Labour oh. union man, a union and man. And everybody loved Hawkey. Everyone loved Hawkey. He tried to give the country the day off uh, school and work when they won <laughs> the, was it the Australian? America's, no, America's Cup. America's Cup. Cup. The sa- a sailing thing. He'd been up all night drinking schooners. He was high as a kite on breakfast television the next day. And then he says, you can all have the day off. <laughs> and so we're looking at our mums going, mum, please, can we? And then she's saying, no, darling. No. But the Prime Minister said. <laughs> no, he didn't really mean it, sweetheart. When he sobers up, he'll change his mind. <laughs> but then there was Paul Keating and my nana came out doing this, like with a snake. And I was like, what are you doing, Nana? She said, he's a snake. I mean, that's the people, the generation of people who would judge their politicians on how they looked. She didn't like his hair. She didn't like the way he looked. And also he got slammed because he was wearing an Italian suit, Italian made suit, which he looked fantastic. He had like a beautifully tailored suit on. He cut a fine figure, Michelle. But he He unfortunately 
is a little, little bit too forward with the Queen on one of her visits and touched her on the backside when he's trying to usher her through somewhere. Was it her ass? I thought it was her arm. It was her back end. It was an A word, but <laughs> I don't know. Well, listen, I just wanted to say quickly about Scott Morrison before we remember who the previous Prime Minister was, was that during that black summer, he decided to go on bloody holiday to Hawaii of all places. Did you know this, Michelle? Yes, I did. There was uproar. People uproar. were fucked off by that. The country is burning and he's like, see ya, go to Hawaii. They all denied it. His office denied it. So people were ringing the, the PM's office. He, they were saying, no, no, he's here. Don't worry. And then all these pictures would appear on Twitter <laughs> of him with like people who are tourists getting their pictures taken with him and posting them on social media. Up there for thinking, Scotty. Up there for thinking. Anyway, he was caught out and had to return to Australia, but apparently couldn't get a flight up for a few days. So in the interim, he was phoned up by or made a phone interview with a radio station, of which I don't know which one it was. And defended his decision to go on holiday, saying, I don't hold a hose, mate. I don't sit in the control room. That's what he said to them. <laughs> so, you know, oh what use God. am I? He didn't say that, but oh that's kind of what he was indicating. God. And the public were furious, as you said. And you might remember his visit to a small town of Cabago, which is not far from Tilba Tilba, where I've got friends, central Tilba. It's beautiful, actually. I love this little town. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. it was absolutely raised to the ground. And uh, when he went to visit afterwards that he tried to shake people's hands, they flat out refused to shake his hands. I would have too. I actually think I saw some of that footage and there was one woman who made some really pithy remark and it was really, yeah, straight to the the bone of of what was going on. But awful, awful man, awful man. Mm. Well, I've got some info on him today. He's highly religious, isn't he? Well, he is. And this actually brings me to... What we had talked about, which was Hillsong. Hillsong. Now that, I've heard of that before. It's like an extreme church run by one person or something. Is that right? Well, look, I'll I'll skedaddle you back a bit because I first became aware of Hillsong uh, when my sister, Steph, uh, first moved to a fucking fantastic little apartment on Dank Street, which is in Waterloo. And back then... Uh, it Waterloo was was nothing, and then all of a sudden it became like super trendy, super hipster. All these cool little shops and bars mm. and whatever on on the street. Look, this must have been around two thousand and five, or maybe earlier. She she can correct me on this. I remember staying with her and just seeing loads of kids who looked like they were straight out of some kind of Converse ad, walking up and down Dank Street all the time. And I remember saying to her, "What the hell's going on?" And she said, they're just going down the end of the street to Hillsong. And I'm like, what the fuck is Hillsong? And she said, it's it's a church. And look, I thought it was just one of those kind of happy clappy kind of... Yeah, that's what I imagine. No, it is so much more than that. It's actually terrifying. And look, it's been dubbed charismatic mega church. Oh, shit. Basically, it is just big fucking business. This is, it's not a church, it's a corporation. Would you compare it to something like Scientology? Yeah, absolutely. After having dug into it and it all started in Australia. Oh. It's an Australian church. Congrats. Just like a fucking fungus, like mold, it has now got spores all over the world. But look, it's a Pentecostal church. What's that? That's like a happy clappy Baptist type. 
Yeah, I mean, I look. I have no Speaking clue in about different religions. Yes, that is exactly it. It means it's a Protestant Christian, but believers supposedly have a direct personal experience of God through baptism, right? With the Holy Spirit, somehow the Holy Spirit baptizes you. They get channeled as well, and they, and they, they talk suddenly in find themselves, yeah, falling to the floor, shaking, yeah. divine healing, all of that shit. Yeah, I I had a f- uh, a friend of my son's actually experienced this on because mm-hmm. his girlfriend's family. If you remember Killian's first girlfriend, mm-hmm. they were belonging to a church like this. I don't know if it was Hillsong, but it was one of those happy clappy Baptist type ch- churches. Okay, and they went on a a camp summer camp every year, and and her family invited Killian and some of his friends, and they went along because it was great fun because they knew everyone. They were about yeah. sixteen at the time, but one of the boys just thought, and he's a very scientific mind he thought I'm gonna try this just to see what it's like and he found himself being overtaken by the spirit he was on the floor he was having an experience he spoke in tongues it overtook him he was in the church for a while he did get baptized but I don't believe that he's a part of it anymore I saw him the other day it would have been great to question him but yeah if he's listening get in touch do you know what this actually not not in the same way but my sister has a friend because Hillsong, I'm not joking, all the kids that I saw, they were so fucking well-dressed. They all had money. They were affluent kids, right? And they all look like little wannabe hipsters all going to this church. And my sister's friend, he was like, what the fuck is this all about? I'm going to fucking go in there and just kind of like laugh at it. Well, just laugh at it, you know, because it's such a fucking joke. So he went along. And he came out of it and my sister said to him something like, you know, how was it? And he was like, do not ever let me set foot in Hillsong ever again because it is fucking amazing. The way they get you, the way they make you feel like part of something bigger. He said, if you are feeling a little bit lost or a little bit vulnerable, you will be got by them they they are master marketers master manipulators very much in that whole brainwashing kind of nixium thing it's cultish and he said he said it was fucking amazing but terrifying and that he could see just from that one experience how people get sucked right in and they don't come out it's really crazy yeah so I felt like, you know, there are times in your life, we talked about this in the Nixium episode, there are times in in your life where you are low, where you are feeling Mm. a little lost, where you're feeling fucked over by a boyfriend or everything's gone wrong. And if you get, if someone from any religion gets their clutches into you at that moment, you're away, you're gone, you Mm. know. So I think it's, it's cultish. And in fact, when I was doing some research on this, you know, you type in cult of, of Hillsong, it does come up. Cult of Hillsong, right. Yeah, that wow. people, people have got, gotten out and they say it is a fucking cult. You are brainwashed. But wow. anyway, look, I'll, I'll just so, like circle back here. Okay. So it started in 1983 in Borkham Hills in Sydney by Brian and Barbie Houston. Which I can't even say their names properly because all I keep thinking is Dallas for some reason. I feel like they should be friends with JR in the 80s because yeah. who is called Brian and Barbie? Brian. 
Brian and Barbie. Brian and Bobby. Bobby is the woman. Brian's the dude. They started it. Husband and wife. Are they Australian? Yes, they're Australian. And okay. reminds me very much of like Jim and Tammy Faye Baker. Oh, Do you right, remember? Yeah. Who yeah, also yeah, yeah. TV evangelists, um, Pentecostals. Anyway. Yes. So they started um, this church, small, super small church in Borkham Hills in 1983. And he was good at marketing, really good at marketing. And they kind of got all the youth involved because they were doing this kind of like, yeah, man, come to a rock gig all for God kind of. <laughs> he sounds like he might hang out with you when you said, what did you say before grooving on the right what Live did you and say? on the right groove or something. <laughs> I don't know. You and he sound like you could really get on. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> Come to a rock gig. It'll be so fun. Come to a rock show, a rock concert. We'll It'll all be, be grooving on the right framework. Right yes. <laughs> fuck you. Anyway, <laughs> so look, the whole kind of rock gig element to this has been really instrumental in getting like Hillsong out to be like the cool kids. Yeah. As cool as you can be. And look, I actually subjected myself to a couple of YouTube videos for Hillsong band, Hillsong Young and Free. Ooh. And not joking, they sound like fucking Coldplay, but they do this full fucking light show, like you're at Brixton Academy or something. Like they, I can see how we feel in it and you're like yeah god woo like whatever y- yeah. you would feel like yeah you were god at like <laughs> yay god you would feel like you would be part of this kind of gig experience where they've got the flashing lights and the strobes and the dudes like you know looking like some kind of god on stage you know i i, I get why it's it's popular to a certain element ha! we swear a lot we swear a lot <laughs> But anyway, back in 1983, Brian and Bobby, uh, they started this Hills Christian Life Centre but and it did really well. And then it sort of hit a tipping point where, you know, they started to go global with, you know, opening churches all around the world. They opened in Kiev. They opened in London. And then in 2002, they opened this shiny new church in a massive convention centre in a business park in Borkham Hills, which... Then Prime Minister John Howard opened it oh. and is a member. And this is where it all starts, Jordan. My goodness. Yeah, back in 2002 with John Howard. Didn't he say so? He's quite aged now. Did you hear, did, whilst doing this research, did you hear him recently regretting some of the decisions that he had made no. during his uh, time in power, which included the time that... Tony Blair was in power and it was the axis of evil. And there were, you know, he actually regretted some of like sending some of the troops. I believe that's what I read somewhere. Really? I think so. Can we have someone who knows? (laughs) But look, I mean, after they started opening this big convention centre, it's just grown all over Australia and all over the world. And they, you know, they're in Sweden, America, Moscow, South Africa, like everywhere. They've got apparently 23 countries have got churches in. Did you say Moscow? Moscow. 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 And last year they bought Festival Hall in Melbourne. Oh, they bought it. They bought it. 
Oh, fuck that. Yeah. It's a big fucking money-making business and it's huge. And look, politically, the Liberal Party in Australia have been in bed with Hillsong, you know, since back in 2002. And then in 2005, um, the Treasurer of Australia, Peter Costello at the time, he went to speak at their conferences, whereas Mark Latham, who was the leader of the opposition, uh, declined to go to the conference. So, you know, Labor is always like backing off and yeah. the Liberals are in bed with They're loving with it. Song. But look, just like any cult, there have been some dodgy moments. So Frank Houston, who's the father of Brian Houston. <laughs> uh, actually, I think Brian might be a New Zealander, to be fair. Uh-huh. So father of, of the founder, Brian Houston, Frank Houston here, he basically was abusing young boys oh yeah Yeah. which was really shit because he was also a pastor yeah it was it was really shocking and it came to light but Brian thought fuck this this is gonna ruin Hillsong so he just covered it up and he uh, apparently tried to bribe the one of the boys that he'd been abusing the father had been abusing with ten ten thousand dollars and they decided instead of going to the police with these allegations of abuse, um, they would just deal with it themselves in-house, which has come back to bite them on on the ass because, you know, it's – they've been accused of cover-ups and, you know, like trying to pervert the course of justice and, you know, because nobody wants to have, like, sexual abuse on their – you know staining the history but it's fucking rife you know this is what happens in religion so that's not good crumbs even though they are this like charismatic happy clappy you know like trying to be hipster they are pretty much anti-gay and anti-abortion oh which is yeah really shit and then they had this charismatic guy called Carl Lentz who was the head of the LA branch of Hillsong. And he was the one that was responsible for getting Justin Bieber into Hillsong and right. um, Hayley Bieber and all those other, like, there are loads of celebrities. So are they currently members? They are, but Carl has basically been kicked out of Hillsong because part of what Hillsong does is they, you know, they really support monogamy and basically Carl was shagging like loads of people in the congregation. So oh he's goodness, been Carl. kicked out. And this was only last year in 2020. And because they they fired him after they found out he had more than one affair and was actually still in an affair. And his lover at that time said on the record that Hillsong is not genuine. That's the truth. It's a money machine, she said. And Ooh. she said... He gave his life to the church and they played him. So, you know, the thing is there is big money at stake here. And when you get big money and big business, people are secondary. It's always all about the money. So, like I said before as well, like a lot of people have come forward and said it's basically a cult and that the leaders abuse the like employees and volunteers and the parishioners and they treat a lot of the you know, the volunteers, because there was a whole babysitting scandal. But anyway, that as slave oh labour. And also that they try to control. So you have to ask a pastor for permission to date someone oh. and they have to give their their consent. Also things like 
they control your life. Like, you know, if they don't like what you're doing, they they put you into the refresh program, which is basically you have to clean toilets. And so, you know, they are, they're controlling people. That sounds like Sea Org, doesn't it? With the um, Scientologists. Yeah. Isn't Sea Org where they have people working on a boat out to sea and they are actually like worked and worked and worked? Yeah, it's it's slave labor and they've been accused of slave labor. And plus they've had to give all their money at the, upon entry well, yes, they say, oh, you know, please tithe, tithe, you know, tithing is a big thing where you commit to giving a percentage of your salary every month to the church. Plus they want donations. And this one girl that I, I read about, um, she said, you know, it's basically a sweatshop, not a church. Oh, wow. And of course, like, you know, I read more things about ScoMo, which were absolutely fucking terrifying. Is he a member? Well, yes, I believe so. And they are regular churchgoers, it says. And they attended the opening of the Hillsong Annual Conference. And this was in, this was only last year. So, yes. But also he's been, look, Scott Morrison's been hauled over over the coals because he was invited to the White House. This was when Trump was in in office and he gave a list of people he would like to also have invited and uh brian houston was on that list oh. and then scomo was basically trying to deny it but then yeah he finally came forward and said yeah yeah i did i i wanted him to to be you know invited to this you know trump trump white mm-hmm. house um event but also you know there have been really like terrible things that scomo has been also involved with which is he tried to pass a bill through Australian schools for 247 million dollars to be put into pastoral care programs for school kids instead of putting that money into actual youth workers without any kind of religious affiliation and thank god like the the opposition like shut it down and said no mate because he had allocated two million to youth work pastoral care doesn't have to mean religious no 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 it was it was but this one in this occasion it was this one it was for um religious leaders to put their own youth work and care into into Australian schools and okay. it was terrible. But that didn't work. No, but then also after, I think it was ScoMo who who was so confident that Australia would vote against same-sex marriage that he insisted on that ballot and, of course, it all backfired in oh. his face. He was really fucked off about this and he has tried to put in a, a new bill which is an anti, like an anti-religion Bill. And, and what I mean by that is, for example, doctors can refuse to treat people if they don't believe in the same religious, uh, in, the, in the same religion as the person they're treating, or if they adhere to a lifestyle that the that they like don't gay. believe in. Yep. That is against the Hippocratic Oath. Yep. But this is what ScoMo has tried to put in place. And look, I read an article in The Guardian. Horrific. I will, I will put, it was from February last year. So it's fucking terrible. It's disgusting. I mean, it was called a religious freedom bill. That's what it was oh, called. Get him out. Get him out, Aussies. Yep. Vote him out. And it was also like targeting women's 
reproductive rights because obviously if you're anti-abortion you're not going to treat some treat a woman who doesn't well who wants to terminate a pregnancy so it was fucking shocking and yeah as it it was mooted by the scomo government like it's fucking terrifying but Mm. i'm i believe that it has been shut down but the fact that it could even get that far is terrifying it sounds like they've got a religious zealot in the top job they do they do and he is hillsong he's all fucking hillsong A friend of mine, Joe, alerted me to an ABC Four Corners documentary that was out in May this year. And it was called The Great Awakening, A Family Divided by QAnon, Another Cult. We can't mention it too much because we get cancelled. We get shut down. We had our Instagram account shut down because we put a post about our QAnon episode. So we have to call it something else. Something else. We call it the the conspiracy. Q is. The Q's. Or the uh, alphabet conspiracy. We spoke about we spoke about this in a previous episode. It was episode two, season two. Season two being the year twenty twenty one. So it was out probably in about February, and that was entitled "A Mad Mad World." So if you want to go back and listen to that episode, which details what this conspiracy theory is and what it's all about, and some mm-hmm. stories, Michelle talks about something in particular, the PizzaGate, which is really exciting. Go back and have a listen. But in a nutshell, this is a conspiracy theory that garnered millions millions of followers around the world I like to think of it as a big joke gone wrong Michelle as its believers tend to be right wing often extreme racist patriotic God-fearing Christians who believe the left-wing liberals and anyone opposing Donald Trump is a Satan-loving paedophile you know and it would be funny if people didn't take it so seriously exactly like with Pizzagate there were shots fired Yes, it's terrifying it's, it's dangerous. what people will do. So it's a joke, but it's not fucking funny. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not funny. And anyway, there's a woman in this documentary. There's a woman called Elsie Thomas. Now she is, I didn't Google what she, I was supposed to. There's a star next to her name. I didn't do it. But she is an open source intelligence analyst for strategic dialogue. That is her job. She's Australian. Okay. That is her job in the, at, at the intelligence, whatever, blah. So that's what, her. So she's deep embedded into QAnon. No, she is working for probably an organization in Australia, open source intelligence analyst. That's her job role for strategic dialogue. It's I don't know. Is it a government? I was going to say, is that a government job? Can or... you Google that quickly for me? Because I can't. I haven't got access to my. Perhaps you can come back and tell us what that is after I tell her what she says. Step me up. Stats. It's an institute, Institute for Strategic Dialogue. And I wonder who funds it. Uh, it's an independent non-profit organisation dedicated to safeguarding human rights and reversing the rising tide of polarisation, extremism and disinformation worldwide. It's been going since 2006 and it's at the forefront of analysing and responding to extremism. 
What an amazing thing to have in place that may stop us from ending up, you know, having to be um, silenced or feel like we're being censored. Who is funding this though? Like, that's what I would love to know. But I mean, they have got a donate button on the website. But anyway, you're funding them, Michelle, if you press that button. Anyway, she explains that Q, the reason why it's called QAnon, is because there's a person called Q, as we as we touched upon in our episode. A mad, mm. mad world. Uh, this person claims to be uh, high level clearance, have have high level clearance in the US government and that this secret insider has been leaving a trail of breadcrumbs and clues to decipher through 4chan, which was the yeah. uh, kind of group, the online group which that is all gone. his information was. Yeah, that's now gone. But in actual fact, Q doesn't exist outside the Department of Energy. The only Q clearances are in Department of Energy. Quite low down, quite non-specific, quite not 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 uh, interesting in the grand scale of things. So hmm. that's the first thing that was wrong okay. for whoever Q is. He's not sitting next to Donald Trump on Air Force One. He's down in some basement tapping energy data into, yeah, they won't be as high up as they're supposed to, as they're okay. claiming to be. Right. Then there's this guy also on the on the Four Corners documentary called Miles Taylor and he is the chief or was the chief of the US Department of Homeland Security for the Trump administration. He said it was clear that QAnon and its vitriolic rhetoric was dangerous and leading to violence as well as being a national security threat. It was classed as a domestic terror group. For some reason, Australia has the fourth largest QAnon online activity in the world. Oh, God. Number four, Michelle. Is it because Australians are traditionally quite racist? And Could be. Could we be are the, the island, religious fervor. We, we are, yeah. I mean, look, Hillsong started no in Australia. Yeah. You know. It's a little bit scary. We've got our own cults. Yeah, all right. So yeah. there's this guy called Jitarth J- Jadija, and he is a former QAnon believer and now a moderator for a support group QAnon casualties, which I think is on Reddit. Again, there's an asterisk next to that. I haven't looked at it. But anyway, he says that the mental health stresses caused by the pandemic are linked to a surge in conspiracy belief. And that makes a lot of sense, doesn't it, really, when you think about it? So he also says it can cause behavioral changes, disrupt relationships and be the cause of divorce and arguments. You talk about conspiracy theories. I mean, the biggest one right now is... You know, the fact that uh, the the vaccines are filled with nanotechnology and they're going to overtake you. This is fueled by QAnon. QAnon are the ones that have been spreading that. Jatath was in QAnon for one and a half years before he changed his viewpoint. And he also involved a family member in the beliefs and is now full of regret that he can no longer reach that person. That leads me on to someone who is a 51-year-old Australian by the name of Tim Stewart, who was an early adopter of this conspiracy. From the days of 4chan whittering away in the background to the full-blown monster it is now, Tim was there and had his own website in 2017 called Sideways Steps and then managed to involve a family member of his own who was also lost to QAnon. And that is his son, Jesse. Okay. Tim's former Twitter handle was Burnspy and he was known as a decoder and an influencer for QAnon. He bought into and spread the word that both Michelle Obama and you may have not have heard this one, New Zealand Premier Jacinda Ardern were men and that the Queen is a lizard. (laughs) We did talk about Queen is a a lizard. We did touch on that one. 
He also said that time travel is happening right now and if someone wears red shoes, it's to cover up the bloodstains of the children they've been slaughtering. Oh, I just went out the other night with a girl who had red shoes on. I don't think she had slaughtered anyone. I'd seen her just an hour earlier. Apparently it's to cover up the bloodstains. I do like the idea of time travel. I'd fucking love that. Yeah, but I don't think... Well, you know. Anyway, back in the day when he was becoming really into it, he warned his family that Hillary Clinton would be arrested, but it didn't happen. Yet still, followers flocked to his sites and the movement. Tim's wife, Linnell, is best friends with a lady called Jenny. Jenny Morrison, wife of the current Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, in the right-leaning Liberal government. Fucking hell. I thought you were going to say, Jen, Jen the hen. She has a cat called Rex. <laughs> Leader of QAnon. No, Jen. True, Jen. True. True, Jen. True. True, Jen. True. Anyway. Um, Morrison. Fucking yeah. hell. Okay. So just for our European listeners or people who just don't give a shit... The Liberal government is the right-wing government in Australia. Mm. The Labour government is similar to the Labour government here. It is more left, central left. And even though they're called Liberal, they're not in any way, shape or form Liberals. No. They are right-wing conservative. And ScoMo, or Scotty from Marketing as he's known, became PM through some kind of accident. He wasn't elected. And again, Michelle and I aren't aware of exactly what that is because we kind of walked in as that was happening in 2018. And also... You know, since COVID and, I mean, even before then, it's hard to keep up with politics in so many different countries. You know, they keep we, flip-flopping all over the place. Do you remember do. what they did with Julia Gillard and it was oh, Kevin and then it was oh. Julia and then it was back to Kevin again? Anyway, Linnell Stewart and Jenny Morrison were besties since they met at their local Baptist church in the 90s and the two couples often spent time together. I wonder Lin- if that was Hillsong. Mm, could have been. Mm. Linnell and Tim were invited to attend the PM's inauguration at Parliament House. And then Linnell scored a job at the, at the Prime Minister's Sydney residence, Kirribilli House. As she was an employee of the Prime Minister's as a nanny and housekeeper. And often the Stuarts would house sit Kirribilli House. And the reason why we know this is because there's loads of pictures of them on social media with pictures on the lawn with a view of Sydney behind it. It's quite an exclusive address, Kirribilli House. So the Prime Minister has two residences. There's the nice one in Kirribilli House. Then there's the rough one, which is called the Lodge in Canberra. You really wouldn't want to live there. That's what you have to live there when Parliament is in, I suppose. Mm. And they're a couple. Of, they're about an hour away from each okay. other, aren't they? I just did a quick Google. I can't, oh, thanks. I can't see Linnell connected to Hillsong, but that's not to say she isn't. Right. But it's not all over front page news. Okay. So, sorry. The Stuart, Linnell and Tim Stewart's also mm. attended a New Year's Eve party at Kirribilli House with the Morrisons. And Tim would often boast of his access to the PM to all his QAnon circles, oh, his God. conspiracy th- circles. Yeah. And one of these QAnonsters, I like to call them, <laughs> known as Ella High Priest, who appeared in the Four Corners documentary, he was also known as an anti-corruption crusader. He was on the on the program testifying to this, and he claims that Tim boasted he had successfully hacked the PM's office and that the families were so close that Tim would be able to influence the Prime Minister. Oh, God. One of Scott's first jobs as PM was to make a national apology to the victims of institutional abuse. 
Tim managed to persuade Morrison to include the word, the words or the phrase ritual abuse, which is a phrase that meant nothing to those awaiting their apology. But as Tim told ScoMo, an army of victims and therapists would specifically love it if Morrison included that phrase in his apology. And he told the PM the exact wording is like a key phrase for victims. Think of it like a code that sends a direct and clear message that they have been heard by Scott specifically. Yeah, to QAnon, fucking hell, that's a call to arms. It's a call to arms to the QAnonsters. So on October 22nd, 2018, Parliament House Senate Building opened its doors to the many victims and their supporters. Tim texted Ella High Priest, suggesting Scott would say this phrase in advance, right? And at 11 a.m., Prime Minister Scott Morrison made his speech, apologising for the institutional child sexual abuse and condemning the systems that allowed it to happen by turning a blind eye. He sounded heartfelt and the apology was well received by an emotional room before he went on to say the crimes of ritual sexual abuse. He included it in his speech. He did. He Holy did. Shit. The word ritual wasn't the focus of this apology and all of his advisory groups and the people and the, and the PM's people wondered how did it get into his speech? And why the fuck was he saying it? <gasps> because he was told to. They no. didn't know the so, backstory. Back to our friend Elsie Thomas, who I referenced at the beginning of the uh, story from the speech, from the free speech place. She says this is validation that referred to the conspiracy theory, but the prime minister would never go on record to confirm Tim Stewart's involvement. Of course not, because then he'd be fucking hauled over the coals as a, oh. But afterwards, we've got... Tim and Jesse bombarding Twitter with things saying that ScoMo's a patriot and announcing that he's totally on board with QAnon. But, and then the Prime Minister's lack of condemnation seemed to back it up, you know? Yeah. So this Ella High Priest guy complained to Tim later on because he felt, you know, validation. This guy's definitely got uh, Scott Morrison's ear. So he then went to him and said that schools were teaching students about anal in- intercourse. And Tim was appalled at this and said, oh, this is going straight to Scott. Oh, God. I think you have to, though. You have to teach that in schools. Do you? No, but the thing is, like, it's going to happen. Well, yeah, that should be mentioned. Absolutely. You can't just gloss over it. No. But not teaching them how to do it, you know. I don't think think that well. This story, that story, listen, I recently listened to another podcast called The New Conspiracist and on it was in his slop, who is the editor of Private Eye and often on Have I Got News For You. Yes. And he he was talking about QAnon in this uh, episode and he said that there's a man in the US posting utterly outlandish theories and statements such as something like, you won't believe this, but schools are now using Arabic numerals. I need your signature to stop this. And all these people... He'll get you know, tens of thousands of signatures before he finally replies to all of them, sending out an email saying, you're all idiots. That was a joke. And you've fallen for a bunch of nonsense. It's just a test to see how much bullshit you'll actually swallow without wow. double checking or fact checking. Yeah. And that's a really good point because that's, mm-hmm. that's how a lot of these ridiculous rumors are being spread. People are just going, yes, yes. Oh, my God. Let's start a Facebook group about this. Anyway. Back to ScoMo and his yeah. apology. So the ritual abuse addition to the apology was suggested by was suggested by Tim, and it was all the more hard 
to take for his sister Karen, Tim's sister Karen, because she herself was repeatedly abused at age of 14 by two young men in her family's church community. I know. Karen then went on to report the abuse in 2011, but police had to drop it because of insufficient evidence. So she feels totally traumatised by her brother's involvement in not only, I mean, they feel that they've lost him to QAnon anyway. Her experience had been amplified because she felt that QAnon was destroying her family and other families. And she felt that the, yeah, she felt that the, the conspiracy theorists cared more for their Save the Children movement, which they jumped on the bandwagon of, than actually saving any children or caring for the victims of abuse. They're just so rampant trying to get that message out there that they are riding roughshod over the the real victims of real abuse. Because obviously it is real. It does happen. Not to the scale or to, you know, for the... It's not Beyonce and Jay-Z. You know, it's not George Clooney and it's not... You know, Elvis Presley back from the dead and whatnot. There are real people out there. Stop being fantasists. But as we knew from Pizzagate, this whole Save the Children was just a cover-up to vilify Hillary Clinton yeah. to say that she was a pedophile. And, you know, when that guy went and discovered no children in the basement, there was no sex, mm. ch- child sex ring. It's all a cover for something else. They don't actually care about saving children. They just want to paint a picture of of these leaders as being evil to silence them. Well, you know how you just you just brought up the Pizza Gate thing, which was the pizza shop Comet Ping Pong. This is also from Ian Hislop. He also raised this on the podcast I listened to. Mm-hmm. He said that the he interviewed the owner of Comet Ping Pong Pizza, James Alafantis, and he was targeted. For a reason, Michelle, do you want to know why Comet why? Ping Pong was chosen? It was because he held a Democrats fundraiser and catered for the event. Uh, so everybody jumped on it. And they also suggested that his name in French means paedophile, Alephantes, <laughs> and that the CP initials of the pizza parlor stands for, what else? Child pornography. Oh, my God. They'll find anything. They will find all. It's because oh, they're just looking for they're it. They're looking you know? for codes, aren't they? Like this yeah. ritual abuse. And now they're on high alert. Yeah, yeah. Oh, fucking hell. Anyway, after that gunman burst into his restaurant full of people, including children, and mm. he couldn't find the basement, he shot a computer. And then the owner, goes, James, goes on to say that there is nothing he can do to this day to stop people from believing that he has a dodgy basement <sighs> where politicians can go to get their baby blood fix. Yeah, it's. So fucking they just won't evil. listen. No, but people are crazy. Even in the face of overwhelming evidence, people want to believe what they want to believe. It's just yeah. human nature. Absolutely. Anyway, back to Tim Stewart. So he and his son Jesse and their ridiculous Twitter accounts were banned event- eventually. So they probably and... should be. We got shut down for less. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. And then, but then he, it doesn't stop him from being a really prolific in the, in the circles of the conspiracy theory. Yeah. And he was on some, someone's podcast and he was asked this question. And I really, I'm quite, I quite enjoyed his answer, actually. The question was asked, who is Q? And Tim Stewart answered, whether it's a cosmic social experiment on humanity, which I think it might be, or a clever person from the NSA, National Security Organization, uh, whatever. Association. NSA, agency. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. NSA. That's gone rogue. Whatever the case, it's worth keeping an eye on. Well, yes, I agree, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> it is worth keeping an eye on, but not following and keeping a fucking eye on him. He's dodgy as all fuck. Anyway. Yep. 
So back to ScoMo's involvement and his being complicit in this, like raising awareness uh, and almost validating QAnon in Parliament during a very heartfelt speech. So the Senate uh, had a lady called Penny Wong, who's a Labour senator, questioning him three times about his huh. involvement with QAnon. She had to. Yeah. She asked about Lynette's employment with the Prime Minister because she's the wife of a known QAnon theorist and the Prime Minister's representatives responded that the PM's personal relationships were not a matter for the department. Huh. And shortly after this, Prime Minister Scott Morrison goes on Facebook to say happy birthday to Tim. There you go. Fucking hell. He's not doing much to What's stop it. What's the upshot it. here? Well, well, he goes on holiday. He goes on holiday to Hawaii. He fly, <laughs> he, they flew in as Scott Morrison was flying back because of the Black Summer. Right. And that's about it, really. I mean, he's still, he's just gone, he's gone his own way. Well, I think the upshot here is be vigilant about your government Absolutely. You know, you have to, I mean, obviously, you know, certainly for for you in the UK and for Australia, you know, we do yeah. have conservative governments in power. Thank God America has been overturned and maybe it will be happening as a domino effect around the world in due time. Who knows? But, you know, people need to, to think about like, you know, what is going on behind the surface? Mm. And it is too much. I can't think about it. You know, that's why I've escaped mm. to a little bubble in the middle of nowhere because I don't want to think about all of all of this stuff. Mm. But it's terrifying once you delve into it. Yeah. You've got a QAnoner, a Hillsonger, and fucking <laughs> you know, anti anti abortion Pentecostal, you know, t- talking yeah. in tongues, you know, divine healing H- heading up running the country. the country. Yeah. But listen, you know what? Back to Ian Hislop, he agrees with my theory, and I've raised it before, that most of the suits who are making decisions on behalf of our country, i.e. politicians, are so incompetent they couldn't organise a piss-up in a brewery, let alone organise the new world order. So I wouldn't worry too much about them. And when you wonder how this whole thing becomes so massive and people are following it so fervently... The fervour of the believers is akin to religious fervour and most of them come from highly religious backgrounds. And we have said before that it's people who are inclined to magical thinking who will believe in this particular theory. Yeah, right, of course. Also, during a pandemic, people want to make sense of their world because everything's been turned on its head and believing in these theories kind of give them their control back. And hence, you know, that's how... It's kind of blown up so massively. Yeah, well, you know, when we talked in the last uh, QAnon episode, uh, we did say that there had been, you know, massive spikes in QAnon followers at the beginning of lockdown because people suddenly had time and inclination to get online and and discover Mm. and follow and get involved. And they were looking for answers as well, you know, freaking out, Mm. end of days. Mm. Anyway, Mm. that's all I got for you, Moosh. Well, wow, a lot to think about. And I'm not sure I have the brain space to do it. Because, you know, I'm filled, what did I say? I'm filled with the vibes of... (laughs) Oh, we kind of remember that classic (laughs) quote that you made earlier. (laughs) You were such a bitch about it. But um, anyway, I, yeah, it's... You can take it. I can take it. I can take it. But there's there's a lot to think about. And, you know, it makes me actually want to to go the other way and not get involved in any of this and just yeah continue on my merry little 
way, like just opt out. Yeah, opt out. I mm. mean, you know, recently, I say recently, the last few years, Andreas and I have been looking at buying some somewhere in the middle of nowhere in Sweden, off grid. Mm. And, you know, growing vegetables. That's very appealing. It is very appealing. And I don't think it's just in response to the pandemic. It's just in response to fucking crooks in power. Like, it's terrifying. The way the world's going, I know. Do you know what? Everybody just needs to love each other and be kind to each other, whether we believe in the same things or we have differing opinions. That's the rich tapestry of life. Yeah, peace, love and harmony. That's it. That's fine. I believe in that too. Let's bring it on. Do you know what? Everybody go off. Be kind, peace, love, harmony, all of that. Yep. But whatever you do, just keep eavesdropping. 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 Eavesdropping.